Welcome to Christian Curious with Dr. Haley Gray Scott. On this show, we address the challenges faced in today's church and culture in a postmodern, post-Christian era. Dr. Haley believes that in addressing those issues, the church must have a missional mindset. Christianity does have the answers of today's culture. Let's join Dr. Haley for today's conversation. Welcome to Christian Curious with Dr. Haley Gray Scott and co-host Hannah Greaser. Um, in October 2020, a Highlands Ranch man was sentenced to 304 years in prison for sex trafficking. This is such a huge issue. Last week we talked about this issue of mm-hmm. sex trafficking, and it's such a huge issue, and it is a silent issue. That blows my mind. Yeah, you know, for people who are listening that don't know, Highlands Ranch, Colorado, is like what 10 minutes from the studio where we are right now right and it's one of the most uh, wealthiest uh, areas in the country and that was not even a year ago that's crazy well it's just it's yeah about a year and a half ago oh the pandemic has wiped out a year of your brain yeah (laughs) it's true (laughs) so some of the warning signs for if you're like like me where you're not accustomed to like looking out for sex traffic victims and things like that i found some warning signs today that Mm. that kind of can help you think about sex traffic victims and what they may look like Um, number one is a victim being forced to live where they work or forced to live with a suspected trafficker Um, number two a person doesn't have identification or documentation uh, because they've been taken away Um, Number three, they aren't getting paid for their work. Uh, Number four, there's a lack of proper safety equipment and training. And finally, there's a reluctance to take someone to the hospital if they're hurt. You know, if you're familiar with some of the people in your community and you see any of these these things happening, that may raise some alarm bells. And to help us think about this topic a little bit more, to shed some light on it, since it's such a silent issue, um, we brought in again uh, Ryan Burke, who is working in this area to help free women from sex trafficking. Ryan has lived and worked in the United States, China, and India, providing strategic leadership in the creation and development of nonprofit organizations that seek the betterment of individuals and communities. His most recent work is a freedom business, bringing and sustaining freedom to exploited women through employment marked by holistic care. Ryan, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. I truly appreciate it. So Haley and I are both familiar with Aruna, the athleisure lifestyle brand that y'all create, you and your wife created um, as a way to attack this issue of sex trafficking head on. And so we, in this episode, really want to pick your brain about the action steps that you both have taken um, with the Aruna Project. And I guess to start with that, what were your first steps? Like why athleisure brand? Why, um, why, why this method? Sure, sure. Well, uh, part of it just stems out of uh, who both April and I are and what we enjoy. We, we were both college athletes and just really love, like, active, being active. And so the, the sort of athleisure market uh, is, you know, when we say athleisure, like the Lululemons, the athletics of the world, um, is, you know, it's, it's just where 
the sort of clothing sometimes that my wife will use. So, uh, <laughs> and, and me. Looking, <laughs> yes, and many, many, many other people. <laughs> because as we were looking to try and develop a, a company where we could employ women who we were able to set free, set free through our, our training centers, um, we wanted to establish a company that first and foremost would be a sustainable brand. Uh, in, in order to be sustainable, obviously, as a business, you have to sell enough product to cover your costs or you won't be in business very long. And so as we looked at the market landscape, we thought, okay, we really would, would enjoy getting into the athleisure industry. And all indicators show that that, that you know, industry, that marketplace is going to continue to grow. But what we noticed is there were virtually no companies doing significant human impact. There were some that were doing really good work on eco-friendly fabrics and things like that, but nobody that was really focusing in on human impact. And when you layer on top of that some of the cultural shift that we've seen where, you know, Generation Z millennials are basically saying they would, they would shift brands for a good cause, we thought, okay, there's a unique opportunity here to actually create some athleisure bags and accessories and then be able to actually tie in the story of the women who are producing them to be able to provide a need to that Generation Z and Millennial uh, group. And so the first stage was basically kind of looking at it and saying, okay, is there a market opportunity here to create something that is financially viable? And then the second step was, okay, now are the artisans going to be able to make it? And so that was a that was a significant question that we had to work through. And so, you know, for your for your listeners, we had already set up the, the whole structure and entity legally and then gotten teams on the ground and, and things like that. The the big question was, are the artisans going to be able to produce it? And we had already been producing some customized book order things, some athletic drawstring bags and some things like that. And what was really significant is one of the artisans actually approached us and said, you know, I enjoy making these things. I enjoy, you know, working with my hands and seeing, you know, something, being able to create something that's, that's useful for others. But challenge me with something more. We can do something more. Hmm. And that was, that was really cool. It was really powerful to hear. And so we, we thought, okay, let's, let's do this. And so we brought on some industry-specific designers onto the team and started to actually create out the, the designs that you would see for sale today. And the artisans have done an incredible job being able to learn the skills and actually produce them to the level of quality control to compete here within the open market in the U.S. And so how does the Aruna Project connect with your desire to um, impact the area of sex trafficking? Yeah, it's actually, uh, you know, it's interesting because some people will ask, like, so how much does Aruna, you know, give back to the, to the fight against trafficking? And, and we actually realized that when somebody asks that, we're like, okay, we have to do a better job of communicating what Aruna is because we don't actually give back because all of what we're doing is the sort of give back. And, and what I mean by that is Aruna, we've, we've combined nonprofit and for-profit together so that through our nonprofit, we have training centers all throughout these particular red light areas. And through those training centers, um, we're going into those brothels on a daily basis. And as women are able to step into training centers, we're providing 
more meals, we're providing life skills, we're providing financially incentivized skill and trade development, and essentially what we're doing is trying to help create a pathway toward freedom for these women by equipping them and empowering them with employable job skills, particularly within the Indian market. And so once we get to a certain point, a lot of those women, will, they'll actually start to, to say, okay, wait a minute, maybe, maybe I am more than just a sex worker. Maybe I can, you know, maybe there is the possibility of future. And when they start thinking that way, it's, it's really, really quite a quick process by the time that they start thinking that way to, to them being freed and then into our transitional housing. Once they step into the transitional housing, we then offer them work within the within business. And in that business, they, they have you know, a living wage. We pay very well. We want them to, to have a career, not just a job. And in addition to that, they have retirement benefits. They have health care benefits. And they have ongoing trauma-informed counseling uh, that undergirds the entire process. And in that freedom business, they're then actually producing all of the products that we sell uh, on the website and as we're, as we're trying to push into retail. And so when somebody says, well, if I buy this bag, how much goes back? We basically say 100%. 100% of the purchase of that product is going back into that freedom business to, to ensure the lifelong freedom of those women and so that we can free even more. Mm. And so just to clarify, is part of the project going into the brothels and other spaces and free, like actively freeing the girls, or is the focus more so on after they've escaped those areas and uh, working on their lifestyle after that point? Uh, internationally, where we do our work, work internationally, it's both. So through our nonprofit side is is through those training centers, we're going into the into the brothels and helping free the women. Um, and then the for-profit side is how we actually sustain that freedom. So you can kind of look at it as two, two sides of, of the work. It's the freeing side and then the sustaining side. And, and we do both of those things internationally. Here in the U.S., we primarily just do the employing side, the sustaining side, as we, as we walk alongside some other organizations that do more of the freeing here. When a woman uh, comes into the organization and, you know, she's just beginning, I'm curious as to what's happening in her head, in her heart, and what are the challenges that you see most um, when women start to uh, break free from this area at the very beginning? What are the challenges that they're having to overcome? It, that's a that's a great question because I think most people don't truly appreciate the depth and the impact of the trauma that they've experienced. Um, it, and it's even hard for me to just even verbalize the the depth and the impact of that trauma because typically when when for her to most most trauma you know repeated trauma over and over essentially affects the brain in significant ways to where even the idea of imagination and creativity gets significantly affected. And so the, the ability to actually envision a different future is, is very difficult for, for a lot of the women. And particularly in a, in a country like India where we operate, a lot of the women are coming out of poverty. And so they're, you know, just almost looking to each day and figuring out how do I survive today 
when you layer uh, trauma on top of that and then start saying, oh, hey, there's, there is the possibility of a great future for her, that's, it's almost literally almost impossible for her to actually imagine it and envision it. And so one of the most difficult things that we have to do is to be able to consistently over and over and over lay out the simple steps forward and help them take one step after the next, after the next, so that each of those steps kind of start to build up into a, a pathway toward freedom. So when they first step into the business, after they've covered so much ground, uh, when they first step into that business, in many ways, there's, there's, there's a sense of fear, like, what if I screw up? What if I, will I be, you know, will I be taken back to that brothel? Will I, you know, who can I trust here? What are they going to want from me? And we're, we're constantly just trying to reinforce, we don't want something from you. We want something for you. This is all designed for you, to help you. And so, um, so those initial, initial stages are, are, you know, pretty challenging at first, but then we, we get to the point where we start to see some incredible growth with some of the artists. And they're, they're, they are absolutely amazing in terms of their perseverance and what they've overcome. You know, I'm just, you know, personally, you know, devastated by thinking about just an individual woman and what she might be facing coming out of a situation like that. Because, you know, I have a, you know, I've been diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder from um, sexual assault. And that was one instant. And at one point in my time, you know, and you know you have this reaction you you've everyone has heard of the fight flight or fight or flight but nobody knows about the fight flight or freeze and a lot of the women myself included have actually frozen in circumstances Mm -hmm. like that because they're not quite sure what they want to do and i've always said that um the trauma of being sexually assaulted or raped is not just the act of being raped, but having to live in a body that has been raped. And so your reaction, people, is um, heightened. You're, you have a high, heightened sensory of what people are doing around you. You have a harder time trusting people. And if that happened with just one instant, I can't even imagine the overload of someone who may not have the the relationships uh, supportive relationships to help them come out of that and they have absolutely no idea who to trust i mean it is a huge Mm -hmm. obstacle for these women and it's a huge obstacle for um the for you to to come alongside these women to build trust it is very i can imagine how difficult it is yeah, absolutely, and I'm, I'm Haley. I'm sorry that that's part of your experience. I think it's I think it's amazing that you're on a on a show like this where you're talking about it to to you know to help give voice and to amplify the voice of those who have experienced it. So, um, I, I commend you for that. Certainly, I mean it takes incredible strength, and and I would agree with you that there's you know the 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 real challenge on some of the depth of that trauma and how you know some of the artisans are just hyper vigilant in terms of what's going on around them and to get to the point where they're 
there is a deeper level of trust, where there is a sense of community and care, uh, those are absolutely critical, critical pieces for us to, to help ensure that she starts down that path of healing and can continue down that path of healing in a way that's, that's really going to help set her up for, for a successful future. Well, thank you for that, Ryan. And, you know, you have mentioned before some of the, uh, the skills that you come alongside women and teach them. Can you unpack for us a couple of those different areas? I know life, life skills, business skills, you know, you know, finance, things like that. What are some of the skills that you come alongside and equip women with? Sure. We've got, uh, so generally speaking, and I, I made reference to this in our, our previous conversation, our previous podcast, but um, our holistic care kind of centers around four primary pillars. One we refer to as the mental, emotional. The second pillar is the relational, social. The third is the financial, economic. And then the fourth is the physical, environmental. And so what we're trying to do is help each one, of, you know, equip and empower each one of the women grow in those four particular areas so that they can they can continue to be able to move down that pathway of, of, of freedom and independence. And so uh, in some of those ways, some of the skills are, okay, you know, financial, economic. We're, we're not just going to help you understand finances and help you establish a budget and, and you know, try and learn how to get to the point where there's savings and retirement and those sort of things, but we're also going to try and equip you with the skills so that you're job ready uh, to be able to step into a workplace. So that's not just the physical skills. For example, the India, you know, in India, the textile industry has millions of jobs. And so to be able to train them in some basic sewing skills and basic knowledge of, of those skills. Yeah, most of these women are completely illiterate. They're uneducated. They're emotionally traumatized. And so we're trying to start where they are, provide them with skills and equip them with skills for job opportunities that exist around them. And so a key component to that is some of those physical learnings just of, of how to actually do some of the physical work. But the second part is also some of the, some of the relational abilities of just okay, well, you know, what, is, what do boundaries mean? What does it mean that here's where I end and here's where you begin and we're creating a very clear boundary here? Um, things related to just even identity, things related to conflict resolution, how to even express you know, healthy and unhealthy emotion, how to regulate your own emotion. So there's, there's a number of those sort of things that are done throughout the counseling process to really try and help equip them um, with some of the personal skills to be able to continue to move forward so with all of these different levels and areas that kind of need you know what these women would need some transition and additional help it seems like something like the Aruna project or these other nonprofit organizations that are set up in this way is really the only way to 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 get holistic transformation and so I'm curious about what you think if you take a a bird's eye view what it would need for society as a whole to address the problem of sex trafficking to because there's so many areas that um, people need to come together to help these women get back on their feet yeah it is I I, (laughs) 
I, I wish I knew a, a better way to answer that because it is it is such a complex problem um, that has so many so many points of need tied to it. Um, you know, when you think of even you know just basic you know supply demand. Um, obviously, there's someone that's purchasing these women. You alluded to the individual on set of the show. You know, being involved in a sex trafficking ring. There's there, there's gonna you know there's a demand for it, and so at some point, trying to figure out how do you how do you attack the demand side of it to say okay what what is it that's fueling that demand? What sort of trauma or issues or childhood abuse or neglect or whatever it might be are fueling that to where it's an unhealthy sexual desire um, or is it you know the, the proliferation of pornography within our culture where it's just you know everything seems to be permissible and acceptable uh, you know how, how is that fueling things I absolutely you know, agree I mean that you know driving the desire and driving the uh, you know the what is it called there, there's a business term that that i'm missing i can't think of not it. the demand demand, demand. Okay. yes okay so the demand yeah the demand for the product and mm-hmm. you know that is driven by a hypersexualized society that we live in i've talked before about how our culture you know prioritizes eros love above every other type of love so mm-hmm. we idolize the romantic love the sexual love and we minimize maybe friendship love family love you know god love and so all of our desires for love are we we seek it in that romantic sexual desire and so we have a very unhealthy view of sexuality that is driving that demand for for you know for this for you know the situations that these women find themselves in for sex trafficking yeah absolutely absolutely and you know in my you know my perspective i I think god created sex and it's a beautiful thing within the proper context and how i think it unifies and reflects the beauty of the trinity i think there's there's so much depth to to human sexuality and what it's meant for inside of marriage and yet it it has become so twisted and perverted and in many ways there's a there's a psychologist um dr diane langberg who has devoted her entire career to working with people who've gone through repeated sexual trauma and she speaks, you know, from a Christian worldview, and she shares, she said, more than anything else, repeated sexual trauma is, in many ways, robs a person of what it means to, to be an image bearer. And, and it's, you know, and, and she kind of goes through and basically talks about how, how much it scars and harms and hurts. And I think there's something about that that, you know, makes sense when you when you consider the impact of sin, when you consider, you know, a sense of evil and desecrating image bearers. And I, I think all of that in and of itself becomes such a, a wicked, ugly thing that to actually try and say, let's take a look at sexuality and the beauty of what it's meant to be and actually try and redeem sexuality in a way that's, that's God-honoring and, and honors each other, uh, I think would would have a tremendous impact 
and instead of going the opposite direction, and like you were, you know, talking about, you know, highlighting pornography and, and saying it's all about the, you know, sexual experience, those sort of things. I, I think there's, I think it, that's leading in some ways toward toward the problem. Yeah. Well, Ryan, thank you and April so much for the work that you're doing in this area. If people are interested in finding out more information about what you're doing, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, they can visit us online at arunaproject.com, and that's A-R-U-N-A project.com. Great. Ryan, thank you so much for being on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. And again, thanks for giving a voice to these young women. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, yes, and listeners, if you're interested in, you know, sex trafficking and how that may be if impacting uh, young people in your area, I encourage you to to do the research and do the hard work about looking up about what's happening in your area. And, of course, we, we're going to have resources on our website to direct you to the appropriate uh, places where you can find more information about sex trafficking. Um, our website is www.christiancurious.co. That's www.christiancurious.co. And stay curious. Thank you for listening to Christian Curious. You can contact Dr. Haley at Haley, H-A-L-E-E, at ChristianCurious.co. That's H-A-L-E-E at ChristianCurious.co. Catch all the episodes on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also learn more at www.ChristianCurious.co.